Some of you know Peaches and Rosie. You come on, on Tuesday by the office, you can meet Peaches and Rosie. So the, that is one uh, that I just read, one of many stories about the, the second coming of Christ is kind of the way you would put it. And the uh, lesson from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, which was very nicely read, I would say, is kind of one of a similar kind. And there's, there's plenty others to choose from. I was kind of interested in that one from, from Thessalonians uh, in that, it's, that, that, that that presumes that everybody alive or dead is waiting. And it gives comfort to those who are dead and they're going to be okay. And I don't know. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of difficult to imagine, really. We say every Sunday, not we don't say this every Sunday, but many Sundays we say, and we'll today, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, and we await his coming in glory. In Eucharistic prayer A, we say, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. The mystery of faith is called. I agree, it's a mystery. So let me just pause a minute and explain a little bit of uh, what we call a seminary talk is my Christology or my understanding of Jesus in Christ. Uh, and that is that, well, let's see, Father Richard Rohr would say Christ is not Jesus' right, uh, last name. This is, I'm quoting Father Richard Rohr now, you know, I didn't make this up. But the point is, there's a distinction between this man, Jesus, and the Christ of God, which is explained in the first chapter of St. John as being an eternal spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, really, in a lot of ways. And Jesus of Nazareth was a man who walked and talked on the earth. And he got in a big time trouble with the religious establishment and was killed. So now we're waiting. And there's a little paradox with this, actually, because the Jews, you see, were waiting for a long time. I don't really know my uh, rabbinic history that much, but uh, a really long time they were waiting for the Messiah. Christ, really. And then he came, and a whole lot of Jews uh, saw the Christ of God in this Christ-bearer person, Jesus of Nazareth. A lot of us are here seeing the same thing, I hope. But he was nailed to a cross. So now here we are. Are we here waiting again? Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again, and we're waiting here again. And I presume the Jews are still waiting too. 
And maybe some others are waiting. But now we are the ones waiting. So, you know, have we like been blind and somehow Christ did come again and again and we just couldn't see it? Do you think? Is that possible? There's a couple of funny stories. I always like to try to make you laugh. If you don't come here and laugh, why, why would you come? So, so, so this is a, uh, it's a story about uh, the Pope. Um, so the Pope's uh, attendant comes and bangs on his, uh, on his door, say like maybe he was asleep or maybe it was midnight. We'll say it was midnight. And he bangs on his door and says, Holy Father, Holy Father, Christ has returned. What do we do? And some of you know this punchline. Look busy. <laughs> Look busy. <laughs> right? So at the same time, the guy who knocked on the door says, Holy Father, he's on the telephone. And he's calling you. From Salt Lake City. He's calling you. <laughs> he wants to talk to you. <laughs> okay, enough of that nonsense. So we have to think about how perhaps we missed him. Some of you have heard of Archbishop Oscar Romero, great champion of the, the poor and the mistreated in South America. He was canonized saint uh, just in 2018. And he was assassinated standing at his altar in the church celebrating the Eucharist. He was shot. There's Teresa of Calcutta, not killed, she has died. She was canonized saint on September 5th, 2019, just recently. Did Christ come again and we missed her? Mahatma Gandhi, Indian peacemaker, assassinated June 30th, 1948, for making peace, I presume. Martin Luther King, Jr., civil rights leader, assassinated January, no, April, April 4th, 1968. The Dalai Lama is an interesting case. Um, a bodhisattva in the, in the Buddhist world is a, someone who is... A, about to become a Buddha when he dies. But he decides that, or she decides that she would 
put that off and do good works in the world before becoming the Buddha. Propose, postpone that final state of enlightenment until good works had been done. And you know when, and Dalai Lama, by the way, is a title, right? So when, when the Dalai Lama passes away, and I think the 14th Dalai Lama may not live too much longer. He's pretty old. I think he's older than me, and that's pretty old. And uh, a council of high lamas in their tradition is formed to search for his reincarnation. The reincarnation of Avalokiteshvara, who is the, body, the Bodhisattva of compassion. Search for a child, a small child who was born around the time of the previous Dalai Lama's death. So the Dalai Lama is chosen as a small child. Are we missing something here? I don't know. You know, we, uh, we affirm our baptismal vows. We're going to do that next week. The bishop's coming. Some people are going to be received into this communion. It'll be a great day. I'll talk about that more later. But in our, our, our baptismal vows, if you were baptized in this church, that is in the Episcopal Church, and probably in other churches too, you have made this vow that you will seek and serve Christ in every human being. I'm quoting that now. That's what, that's what we promised. We vowed. We seek Christ and we strive to be Christ in the world. Because see, Christ lives in our hearts. I, I'm, you know, I'm just repeating myself. Just like Christ had abided in Jesus of Nazareth. Christ abides in our hearts. And all we have to do is seek that in one another. And we have to make that plain to others so they can see it in us. That's what we promise to do. Respect the dignity of every human being. That's the second quote from those vows. To be sure, the spirit of holiness that has many other names lives in the heart of every human being. That spirit does. And I know that I'm saying this not for the first time here, or something like this, and I'll say it again. There's one, this is one of the core principles of Jesus' life and teachings. That the kingdom of God is within us. It's all within us. It's all everywhere, but everywhere is within us. In India, in India, there's a saying, Namaste, and there's a little symbol that goes with it, Namaste. It's a greeting. And once uh, 
Gandhi was asked about that, what it meant, and he said this, I quote, I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, and peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, we are one. St. Paul gets it. He says more than once something to the effect of, all of you are one in Christ Jesus. So it is for us to recognize that. You know, sometimes we have hard believing, th hard time believing things. I do. I don't really think that's hard to believe. I don't really think it's hard to believe. I hope not. It's for us to recognize that and then live it. Lose this life and this ego that we have built for ourselves, which we need to do, but... You know, Jesus said, to gain your life, you must lose your life. So let's lose our life and dedicate ourselves to the welfare of all beings, human beings especially, but all beings. Rosie and Peaches, and sweet dogs. We might just begin by standing up with the one that we call Lord and open our hearts to allow that heavenly dove that flew down at that baptism on the, on the banks of the river. Let it awake us to that same spirit. And again, I've said this before. I, I love to say this. I know somebody cringes when I say this. Stop trying so hard to be a Christian and just be Christ. Just be Christ. Let there be peace on earth. Let it begin with you and me. Namaste.